Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. Well, today we'll be heading for the courtroom, God's courtroom, and we'll be facing some serious charges. The evidence is pretty conclusive. It's no doubt that we'll hear the judge pronounce a verdict, guilty as charged. And the big problem is our lack of defense. No alibis, no excuses, no getting around it. We're all guilty. So is there any hope? Indeed there is. It is possible to walk out of God's courtroom cleared of all guilt and enjoy a relationship with the very one that we have offended. Find out how as you listen to a message given at a Bible conference by Mr. Peter Ramsey. And we're going to read together in Acts chapter 13. The Apostle Paul is speaking to the Jews. And verse 28, he is telling the Jews, highlighting the God's gracious dealings with the Jews down to the ages. And then he points them to the birth of the ultimate and the eternal Savior. Verse 28, And though they found no cause of death in him, that's the Lord Jesus, yet desired they, Pilate, that he should be slain. And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher. And look at the next seven words. But God raised him from the dead. If you have ever wondered what it is that distinguishes the Christian faith from all other belief systems in this world tonight, it is these seven words. But God has raised him from the dead. Christ is alive. And then the Apostle Paul goes to verse 38, and we'll read it. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, not this church, not these Christians, but through this man, is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins, and by him all that believe. Not a beautiful word. All. Could you find a more inclusive word than all? And by him all that believe are justified from all things. Did you think there was something in your dark past that could never be made right with God? Something that has haunted you, kept you awake at night? These glorious words say, By Him all that believe are justified from all things. All things. Four simple thoughts. The incredible appeal of the gospel message. Can you find a message that's more 
inclusive and comprehensive. All that believe are justified from all things. The incredible appeal of the gospel message. The indelible stain of sin. We read in these verses, the forgiveness of sins. Your sins bothering you tonight? The indelible stain of sin. Through this man, the incomparable Savior, no man like the Lord Jesus Christ. And this message is preached unto you. You, the inexcusable you. You're hearing the message tonight. Maybe for the first time. Maybe for the thousandth time. Thank God you're hearing the message tonight concerning Christ, the inexcusable you. God's message has transformed the lives of millions down through the ages. All walks, all cultures. There are those who have come to know Christ as their personal Savior. We have a moment when we came to know this lovely man, the Lord Jesus Christ. A definite time, a memorable experience, a personal, precise, precious moment when Christ became our personal Savior. Do you have such a moment? Every person going to heaven have a moment in their experience when they came to know Christ as their very own personal Savior. The message that we're preaching tonight is not unique to the Christians who have convened this conference, but it is the unique message of the Christian faith. And you may have come this evening with a sense of despair and disappointment in life. You will hear a message of hope. Perhaps there's someone in the audience and you're feeling the brokenness of life, deep hurt and wounds. The Bible has a message tonight of spiritual healing. You can be healed tonight from your sins. Maybe your life has been empty. You say, oh, has my life ever been empty? Every bubble I have ever gone after has burst. Can we tell you that for the empty and the restless soul, the gospel message is a message of peace? If you're burdened and plagued by sin and guilt, dark stains of the past, as we've already said, it's a message of full and complete forgiveness. Not partial forgiveness. Full. No strings attached. Tonight, through this man, the Lord Jesus Christ, is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. There may be someone in the audience and you're afraid of meeting God. The gospel message is all about how you can be fully accepted and welcomed by God. Through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins, the incredible appeal and scope of the gospel message. By him, all that believe are justified from all things. If you think the message of forgiveness sounds appealing, you will love the thought of being justified from all things. Did you know that the moment you put your trust and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, 
God will declare you, yes, you, to be righteous. You will be acquitted of every charge that could ever possibly be raised against you in God's court. Justification. If you come to Christ tonight, it will not be a conditional discharge that you will get. It will be an absolute discharge, not a drawn-out process that's dependent upon how you live the rest of your life. No, it's instantaneous and simultaneous with your acceptance of Christ. You will be accepted by God and He will declare you to be righteous. Your favored status with God will not be based on anything that you have done, past, or anything you are doing tonight, or anything you will do in the future. You will be accepted by God on the soul and solid basis of the Lord Jesus Christ and all that He did at Calvary. Justification? It's more than a pardon. A pardon says, you may go. You have been cleared of all your penalty. Do you know what justification says? Not you may go. Justification says, you may come. You are welcome to all my love and my presence. God wants to welcome you tonight, dear sinner, on the grounds of the finished work of Christ at Calvary 2,000 years ago. He wants to welcome you. His arms are open. He's willing to embrace you tonight. Who's included? You say, surely someone must be excluded. Do you know who you're speaking to, sir? It couldn't possibly be me. An atheist, an agnostic, a skeptic. Yes, every culture, those from every belief system. I remember thinking, walking home from work one night, it came to me like this, that from the drug lords of Colombia to the lords of England, the gospel embraces them all. From the kings of the world to the kingpins of the underworld, the gospel is for them. The gospel is for all. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. Oh, the incredible appeal and scope of the gospel message. The indelible stain of sin. You say, sin? Isn't that an outdated Victorian concept? From a couple of centuries ago, you may not call it sin, but you know inside you, you have a dark energy. You have an energy within you, a propensity to do wrong. If no one would ever find out about it, if Revenue Canada would never uncover it, if your parents never knew, if your wife never knew, what would you do? That inner energy, the Bible calls it sin. Sin, regardless of what fancy terms we may put on it, it's sin. I was reading an article in the National Post, I believe it was, a Miami-based hotel management firm commenting on an international study done of what people do in hotel rooms. And they concluded this, and I quote, when people check into a hotel, they do things that they would never do at home. People who don't drink get drunk. Faithful husbands cheat. The most honest people steal. And the spokesperson said, 
I suspect people feel they are invisible in a hotel, so they are not accountable. Why do people do things in hotel rooms that they would never do? Either family was around. Number one, because we are sinners by birth and we have an inner propensity to evil. And the only reason why we live some measure of being a civilized individual is because we conform to the expectations of society around us. But if we were left to our own, we would go astray. In the words of Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. The indelible stains of sin. And in Romans 3 verse 23, we understand that it's not just a few people who have sinned. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everyone has fallen short of God's holy standard. And in our natural condition, we are not fit for heaven. Do you know something? That you could not go to heaven with even one sin. Beneath the veneer of respectability of your life, there are those dark stains. There would be very few in this audience that don't have skeletons in their closet. Sins that they've committed in their past, that they've closeted away and bolted the door and locked it. But you wake up in the middle of the night and you think, my sins, no matter how many good deeds you try to do, isn't the stain an indelible stain? Sin is a blight. A disease that eats away and plagues us. Sin is a barrier. Isaiah 59 verse 2 says, Your iniquities have separated between you and your God. You're wondering why you feel disconnected from God tonight? What's wrong in your relationship? It's sin. Sin. Sin is a blight. It's a barrier. Sin is a heavy burden. But in the words of the Lord Jesus, He said, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come, dear man, come, Jesus says, unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden with sin. And Jesus offers rest. He says, I will give you rest. You? Yes, you. Jesus says, come unto me and I will give you rest. Sin is a blot. We are stained with sin. You only have to watch the news. Why do so many people say their prayers and do their penance? Why are mosques, synagogues, temples, churches, chapels, why on special occasions throughout the year are they filled with human beings? You know why? They're craving the forgiveness of sins. If only my sins could be wiped out. But the fact is, powerful potions cannot remove your sins. Religious concoctions cannot cleanse your sins. Your prayers, your penance cannot purge your sins. Your baptism, your confirmation in the church, your regular church attendance cannot clean the slate clear. How then, you ask, can my sins be forgiven? What's our verse say? Be it known unto you therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. There is no other way 
to have your sins forgiven tonight than through this man, the Lord Jesus Christ. What does Christ mean to you? Is he anything more to you than just the Jesus story? Do you think of him as a good man? An exemplary figure, historical figure? An outstanding ethical teacher and leader? Oh yes, he was all of that. But to me tonight, I can tell you, he is so much more than that. Say, so what do you mean? He is my personal savior tonight. Christ means everything to me. In the words of the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The forgiveness of sins cannot be achieved through any religious rites. There's no pastor, no saint, no rabbi, no religious guru on earth can remove one of your sins or forgive one of your sins. There is no human being on earth today that can be a mediator between you and God. First Timothy 2 verse 5 says, There is one God and one mediator between God and man. Who is it? The man Christ Jesus. That's the mediator. The apostle Peter said in his epistle, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. You can be brought to God in two ways. You could be brought to God in your sins. What a tragedy. Here there's some young man, some young lady, and you're going to fritter your time away. Put it off tonight. You imagine being brought to God in your sins? Doesn't that make you tremble? In your sins, standing before God? That's one way you can be brought to God. The good news of the gospel tonight is, for Christ also hath once suffered for sins. He's the just one, for we the unjust ones, that he might bring us to God. You could be brought to God, a holy God tonight, through the person of the Lord, Jesus Christ. Wouldn't you like to know him as your Savior? Hebrews chapter 10, we read these words. This man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, this man sat down at the right hand of God. No more sacrifices for sin. No more sacrifices. Your little sacrifices can never appease God. One sacrifice for sin. And it happened 2,000 years ago at Calvary. What do you think of this man? Pilate could look into his compassionate eyes. And he could say, I find no fault in this man. His wife could come through the door and say, he's a just man. The Roman centurion could say, truly this was a righteous man. The thief hanging on the cross could say, we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. This man hath done not one thing out of place. What do you think of this man? Have you looked away to this man, hands bound, clothes stripped from his back, beaten and bleeding, blood-drenched, purple robe, crown of thorns, a mere reed for a scepter, face bruised from the pounding of the fist of godless men, the spit of men running down his lovely face? What does this man mean to you? Look at him on the cross by the eye of faith. 
As he hung there, his mind did not rush wildly with rage at those who nailed him to the tree. His eyes did not flash with anger. His cheeks were not flushed with rage as he hung there on Calvary's cross. Listen to the words of his mouth. His mouth uttered no words of revenge. His muscles were not flexed to strike out at those who nailed him. His fists were not clenched. He opened his hands and he allowed them to nail him to the tree. Man of sorrows, what a name for the Son of God who came. Have you ever looked at Calvary? And in the words, you've learned this verse, many of you, in Sunday school years ago for some. Isaiah 53, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. You say, I've got iniquities. I have transgressions. Pages of them. The good news, man tonight, lady, is at Calvary. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace upon him. And with his stripe we are healed. Looking for healing tonight. Looking for salvation and the forgiveness of sins. Christ died for our sins. First Corinthians chapter 15. Romans tells us Christ died for the religious people. No, Christ died for the ungodly. First Timothy 1.15 says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That ever dawned on you that's why he came? Did you think he was a defeat and a failure at Calvary? Christ was no defeat. Christ was no failure at Calvary. Yes, he died. But listen to his loud, triumphant cry. It is finished. And he bowed deliberately and with dignity his head upon his chest and delivered up his spirit. What was finished? The work that was required to bring you to heaven, bring you to God. It was finished. You're thinking there's something that you can do? No, Christ said on the cross, it is finished. And he's just waiting. He's sitting down up in heaven. When you finish your work, what do you do? You sit down. And Christ finished the work. And he's sitting down, waiting for you to come. Christ was no defeat. He was raised from the dead the third day, according to the scriptures. Christ is alive. This world has not seen the end of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you don't come to Christ for salvation and the forgiveness of sins, you will yet deal with him. The gospel message has been sounded in your ears. Through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And you could come to Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And the word is, all that believe are justified from all things. Justified from all things, what wonderful words. We hope that you will accept God's great offer personally. It's not an exclusive offer. It's universal for every person, regardless of culture, race, lifestyle, religion, or age. But remember, it is a time-limited offer. For the Bible says, Behold, now is the accepted time. 
Now is the day of salvation. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at anchorpointradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday, as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering unto the name of the Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our Anchor Point website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. My name is Glenn Todd. Thank you once again for listening. And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul.